It's overreaction time! <laughs> Let's overreact to what we've seen out of Dolphins training camp where two out of the four days to this point since we're recording this podcast, guys have been running around in shorts and t-shirts. Clay Ferrero here, Dukey lying alongside Will Manso on his way back from Montana, so he will be back with us next week. And actually, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, he is back in the country and he is uh, free to partake in the overreaction of what we've seen so far at Dolphins camp, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, he so, seems pretty concerned. I think he was chasing was it Bison, and I think he went to a rodeo. Home, home He's been texting us really, really bizarre videos that uh, probably would not be filmed here in South Florida. And actually, and he'll speak on this when he comes back next weekend, for a while there, he was speaking with such reverence about what he was seeing out there. I, I was starting to think that he was not going to come back. Until, he's, a city, he's a city slicker. Until he realized they didn't have Salty Donut out there. And then that was the deal breaker. He yeah, he like, really. Nope, we'll back. let him speak for himself, but he really enjoys very fancy complex cake-like donuts we'll have to have a, a salty donut face-off coming up at some point here but uh, nobody wants to hear about that right now they want to hear about the dolphins and the quarterback competition and how christian wilkins is going to win defensive rookie of the year and make fitzpatrick is going to be defensive player of the year and 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 fitz magic is going to lead the dolphins to an unexpected afc east title after tom brady suddenly retires a week before the season starts um let me just tell you what I've seen out there, and and it's not anything that you haven't heard before on this podcast, because I think what we've seen is a lot of what we saw going back in minicamp and OTAs, and that's that, to this point, as much as I think everybody that, that follows the Dolphins and is a fan of the Dolphins would love to see Josh Rosen going out there and winning the starting quarterback job, it just does not happen. And and it's hard to see it happening between now and, and week one of the NFL season, the regular season. With that said, I'm not going to go as far as to say it can't happen. It's just that there have been very, very few moments, if any, Dookie, that I've been out there and I've I've seen Josh Rosen do something where it made you feel like, oh, oh, here we go. It's coming. Now, I would say day three was as close as, as he came to making up some ground on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that was largely due to Fitzpatrick, I think, taking a couple of steps back and, and Rosen maybe taking a step or two forward, but you're you're still not anywhere near where you need to be if you're a Dolphins fan wanting Rosen to come out and win this job. It's funny because I was going to give <clears throat> the analysis of Fitzpatrick. Well, you know what you're getting. You can trust what you're getting. Football is, you know, Jim Mandich used to always tell me, football is not just about what you must do, but about what you, what you mustn't do. Messed that one up. What you mustn't do, meaning not making mistakes. And obviously there's more trust in Fitzpatrick, the veteran. I, you know, I was trying to conjure up this whole speech, but I can't do it. Yeah. Like he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to make boneheaded plays. He's going to throw five interception games. And I think as much as, as Flores and his staff want to evaluate Ryan Fitzpatrick based on what he's doing right now and what he's doing today, He's got a large body of work that sort of shows you who he is. And Josh Rosen, the fact that he, I've not heard one person, I've not read one person who went out to camp and said, I don't know what everybody's seeing, but this guy Rosen has something. Not, not one person has said, not even a coach, 
Like, not a coach, not a teammate, not a fan, not a writer, not a broadcaster. Nobody has gone out to camping on. Everybody's got it wrong. Josh Rosen has got the goods, and he's going to prove you all wrong. And the fact that nobody, nobody is saying that, okay, so here we go. This is the great dilemma for the Dolphins and, and Brian Flores, and, and I get it. The best thing for the Dolphins franchise would be for Josh Rosen to be the quarterback moving forward for this year. Because if he goes out there and, and he's great or even good with the chance to be great, then you've got your quarterback for years to come and you can pivot somewhere else in the draft and start to build around Rosen. If he's bad, then great. You've got a, a top two or three pick, maybe even the first pick in the draft. You have your your choice of what many people consider to be the best quarterback class in a long, long time, and that's fine too. Here's the dilemma. Brian Flores' credibility is on the line here because he's gone in there every single day to his players. He's gone in there every single day to the media and said every practice is a competition. You are fighting for your job. So what good does it do for his credibility if he says that to his players, if he says that to the media, if he says that to anybody who will listen, and then he makes an exception for the two players who play the best position on the field, the most important position on the field. So you can't hold the quarterback position to a different standard than you're holding everybody else because what kind of a message does that send? And that's when you're the the first-year head coach of a franchise and we hear this word culture so much and you're trying to build a culture of accountability – credibility and competition that all gets thrown out the window if you play the player who is clearly playing at an inferior level to that point when you have to make the decision so let me put it to you this way clay let's imagine that you get your dream tv job whatever that might be and maybe it's the one you currently have but you get your dream tv job and you kind of have this mic that's not so good so if the mic fails on you and you sound terrible the company might buy you a brand new mic. But if you can kind of make this eh mic work, what are you going to try to do? Are you going to try to look bad and the first time you're on TV? No, of course. You're going to try to make do with what's given to you because it's your face in front of it. And I feel like Fitzpatrick is that eh mic. Sure, the Dolphins would be the Dolphins organization. And this is all about incentives. The Dolphins organizationally would be probably best served if they ride with Fitzpatrick he's not very good they win three or four games and they get a stud quarterback next year but Brian Flores does not want to come in and win three or four games his first year that's he's too proud he's too professional he came from the New England organization where he just won a Super Bowl as defensive play caller so you have mixed incentives here which makes it so interesting so with all of those things said it's it's it kind of baffles me a little bit because if Rosen is, is this bad, if he's turning exactly zero heads, if he can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't know. I know it's we're overreacting, but like, why trade a second-round pick if, 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 if the guy who you're going to bring in can't even beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, I know they don't want to have the appearance of tanking, but it's like... If they can't play him or find some use for him, then you threw away a second-round pick, and you're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is has a lovely beard, is a good soundbite, Harvard-educated, seems to be a great person, but a very, very 
average to below average NFL quarterback. So uh, let's start with that question first. Why do you end up making the move for him? It's not that you're out there and you're like, oh, this guy is talentless. It's not that at all. It's that when you see him having to make decisions, having to make plays, it just doesn't seem to come as naturally as quickly the throws are off. The the one that I keep going back to in, in some of the interviews I've done and and you're not going to just take one play and make a a grand assumption about a player, a grand evaluation, but it was the interception the first day of practice that he threw. He was trying to throw to Kenny Stills. Did not see the safety dropping back because he stared down Stills the entire time. And this was this was in the end zone. This was in goal line work. And Stills had a, probably a half a step on his man. I don't know that he would have even made it all the way over to make the catch. But because Rosen was so focused on him, he didn't even notice the safety and coverage dropping back. And so those are the types of mistakes that we've seen going all the way back to minicamp and OTA. So it's not that he is talentless. He actually has quite a bit of talent. And, and actually, if you're asking me which is who is the more talented quarterback, I, I couldn't give you that evaluation, and it wouldn't surprise me if Rosen is the guy. It's that when he's out there in a football-type situation and, and not just throwing the ball on air, that you're, 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 you're seeing things that, man, I just don't think that's going to work. And so... Why did the Dolphins make the move? Well, because when he was at UCLA, you saw some really, really good things. When he was at Arizona, you saw a couple of really good things here and there, but you also saw some bad things that could be written off to poor offensive line play, uh, injuries at wide receiver, uh, especially running back, uh, David Johnson injury there. Um, so you you could excuse away some of the mistakes and say because of, yeah, you're paying a second-round pick, but Arizona's paying all the money for him and you got a lot of picks anyway and you want him in the next, next year's draft as it is, you could understand making the trade at the time. It made all the sense in the world. I still love the move because then you get to evaluate a guy and you're, you're essentially buying a lottery ticket. But again, now you're out there and you're kind of seeing this in real time and it's like, okay, well, those those mistakes are not getting fixed. And and why is it? And they're gonna have to figure that out. And and that's gonna be part of this evaluation process. Let me go back to your your microphone analogy really quickly because I, I this is kind of how I see it, um, and and I'm going to stretch that out a little bit, as as crazy as 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 you may think it sounds. No, it's great, but if no, I, 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 no, it works. It's nice to see somebody ride with one of no, my terrible it, analogies. I, it's not, it's not though. It's not though for this reason. Right. It's all right. Let's say it's personal that, pride. Yeah, that's that's well, really it's, what it's, it was about. It's personal pride, but it's also this. It's it's the pride of the people around you. It's the pride that the people around you see you taking in what you're doing. Yeah, and so you know he. Brian Flores is coming in, and his number one job is to lead those men. He needs to be a leader of men. He needs to show them this is the culture that we're going to have in our locker room. So, again, we're using me as an example in your microphone analogy. If I walk in and and my co-anchors, the reporters, or you, you know how it is in, in newsrooms across the country. Yeah. You, you walk in, and people want to know, oh, who's this new guy? What's he going to be like? Is he going to be? Yep. Uh, is he going to be the nice guy? Is he going to be somebody who who is willing to to bust his tail and work hard, or is he going to the guy that's going to come in and only do what he wants to do and 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 try to do things that make him look good and not everybody else? So, in that analogy, if the people around me, the producers, the the other anchors, the reporters are seeing me fiddling with both microphones, they know that one of them is bad. And the other one is okay and will get me through the newscast. And I choose the bad one just so 
the the head of operations right. is willing to go and buy me a new microphone right. that I can use longer, then they're going to look at me like, why why are you why are you willing to railroad our newscast like that? I mean, you sounded awful. And, think, and well, in the long term interest yeah, of the show, right, I'm right. going to have a beautiful mic and everything because that's yes. literally what we're asking. Right. If you're if you're saying tank, you're telling Brian Flores look bad, Bingo. look terrible, yep. have a year full of cutaways of you. Standing on the sideline, down by 20 points, yeah. with your arms folded, looking sad, because you're going to get someone good. But don't do take one for the team. Meanwhile, that's a big that's a big ask. It is, and it's and it's not just a big ask because Brian, you know, because of Brian Flores's ego. It's a big ask because this is his dream job. This dude worked his whole life to become an NFL head coach. This guy, I mean, this job means everything to him. Yeah, and to 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 ask someone, hey. Congrats on the job. Do me a favor. Stink the first year. I- I'm sorry, but I-, sure. I don't know anybody who's wired like a competitor is wired who would ever do that. I mean, he's trying to teach a team, don't take a playoff. Don't take a snap off. Don't take a route off. Don't take a practice rep off. Make every second that you're on the field. That's. I mean, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying you're being evaluated every second you're in the building. How you t- How you walk into the building is being evaluated. But... No, I'm going to punt the first year. By the way, you know why I think I love your microphone analogy? It's because, because you've we, dealt with it because before. We, no, because we've just got these terrible new microphones that are, <laughs> they sound fantastic, and we're going to take you inside baseball really quickly, and uh, hopefully I don't get in trouble for this, but we got these new microphones that you have to press and hold the button for three full seconds before it will come on, and you have to press and hold it for three full seconds before it'll go off, and if you only hold it for 2.999999 seconds, right. it will turn on, but it will be on mute. And yeah, yep. I may have already had a couple of problems with that. <laughs> now, I don't like the microphone. I, I, I don't. I think you can tell from my voice, I'm not a huge fan of the new microphones. But number one, they sound good. And number two, Dookie, if I were to go out there and intentionally sabotage that microphone and and hold it for two seconds, knowing that it was going to be on mute, and everybody around me knew that I was doing that because it, everybody can see that Josh Rosen is not as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick, yep. and everybody sees that I am intentionally doing this, then then what is what I kind really of a message hit, does that? I really send? hit. I really hit a nerve. It was actually, this analogy. no, not a nerve. It was actually <laughs> a good analogy. Yeah, no, I'm saying it really. You know, you know what's like, funny what, by the way? What, what, I I always like to to jot down notes as we. Uh, as we go through a show so that our listeners can find out what's going on at the pod. So I just wrote down at the 12 minute mark, Clay complains about microphones, which I think we'll get. And by the way, we have breaking news from uh, Montana. Oh, uh, um, as we tape, Will is staying Will out there. texts, quote, headed to a Missoula Osprey game, big battle against the Billing Mustangs. Oh, man. See, so, I, I used to cover the Idaho Falls I, so I Padres. Think, so I feel like that's what he thinks of no. this quarterback competition. That is the, <laughs> oh, man, what, what was it called? What was the name of the league? Oh, man, it's killing me. But the Idaho Falls Padres were in the same league as the Osprey and and, uh, and, and the Billings, Billings Mustangs, and they've changed it. I don't even know if it's Idaho Falls Padres anymore. I think they may have changed, but anyway, no, nobody really cares. What? Why are we talking about this? Nobody cares. Um, but no, I was going to say it, it's not so much. Uh, they are now the Idaho Falls, C H U K A R S. I don't know. What oh, that Chuckers. Is. Oh, the ch- Chuckers. I, I didn't want right. to mispronounce right. it because I didn't know what it was. That, so. that happened after. They're after they're the Utah Idaho League, I believe. There was a running back from Tulane that actually played. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna stop derailing this thing. This um, is this but- is a spectacular. <laughs> Let me tell you something, by the way. If you would like uh, 
Fitzpatrick to Stills, six yard completion. Uh, Jakeem, this Gre- is not the this podcast. This is not for the podcast. <laughs> this is not the. Po- I, I'm. So- I can't do that. I I do big picture. I do big storylines. I do what's going on through the first four days. What's going on is very simple. Dolphins have a new head coach, and it by all indications, Josh Rosen has blown no one away. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's 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 basically what's going on, and we could, you know, we could. However we want to say it, I mean, that's 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 the big takeaway. But the only other thing I could say, I, I mean, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back to the beginning of the podcast, something you actually said that really sort of connected with me. You said kind of mockingly this dream scenario in which Fitzpatrick is great and leads him to the playoffs and Tom Brady gets hurt. And, and you went through it. And I thought to myself, yeah, that was 2009 and that was Chad Pennington. That's true. Okay, That's so true. so it happened. Pretty darn similar so, situation. So, so, so there was a situation where, and I, I believe that was Tony Sperano's first year. Yeah. And so you had a new coach, you had a veteran quarterback, and everything broke right. That was the year of the Wildcat. The problem is, and the big difference between Chad Pennington and Ryan Fitzpatrick is Chad Pennington got criticized for his arm, and Chad Pennington was criticized because he couldn't make the big play, but Chad Pennington always made the right decision. Yeah. And that year was like a magic carpet ride. They won the they won the division because he made the right decisions. They're, they're like the chances of Ryan Fitzpatrick doing that. Chad Pennington and Ryan Fitzpatrick are like the inverse Spider-Man meme. It's like Spider-Man well, pointing no. at Batman or something. Right, exactly. They are not the they are not the actual Spider-Man meme right. because one is notorious for making the big like mistake and one opposite. never makes mistakes. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick has a pretty good arm. Chad Pennington I mean, I, I yeah, and Pennington also did had, not. <laughs> P- Pennington also had a, a a history of success in in fairly big games in in a big market, and the questions with him were obviously health, and ultimately that ended up doing him in because yeah, he just couldn't make those throws, and as the year went on, they had to you know rely on that wildcat a bit because they knew he couldn't make the throws, and I know that 2008 season was fun. I don't know. I would almost think that. Any hope for the Dolphins this year would be more like the 2016 season, where you have some guys who are being—I hate—I hate the disrespect term, but they kind of are. Um, no disrespect. No disrespect. <laughs> but yeah, and, and they get it. They, they, you know, Laramie Tunsil said he loves it. So that's that. It's not us against the world. It's us against talent. Yeah, and that's and that's what it is. So <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's not like everybody's doubting us. No, they're doubting you because they're evaluating you and based on past performance. Now. I also think, and again, this is this is a difference between organizational goals and Brian Flores' goals. If they told Brian Flores that his career and their retention of him depends on one factor, his record in 2019, that's it. It's the only, that's, he will be judged based on his record in 2019, and if the Dolphins do not maximize their number of wins, he's out. Do you think they'd have the same offseason that they had? You mean as far as bringing in Rosen? Um, no, I mean in terms of all uh, get some of the guys that they got rid of. Some of the t- you think Cameron Wake wouldn't still be on the team? You think well, if some some of the veteran, I'm saying yeah. if 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 so, the point is that organizationally they're playing the long game. Sure, and sure. and and so that that's all I'm saying. I'm saying as an organization, yeah. part of the re- part of what Brian Flores has to overcome as camp begins are some of the long-term corrections that are being made with short-term pain. So the the 53 that he's going to throw out there when the season starts are not going to be at the level that they would be if the Dolphins were playing a one-year season. Yeah. 
That's all I'm saying. You're describing, by the way, every year of the Adam Gase, Mike Tannenbaum era. Yeah, pretty much. And and that's that was the problem with that era, and and it was why it drove me nuts last year when they restructured Ryan Tannehill's contract, restructured Rashad Jones's contract, knowing full well that that Tannehill was kind of on a one year make or break uh, sort of. Uh, they tricked you, though. Like he had every single yard. They, they didn't they, trick me at all. Oh, I, 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 if I went back and looked through the pod, well, they're no, they're, they can't cut Tannehill because it's going to cost them. You've said that. You said that a few times. Oh no, no, no! This I'm, is what I said. I said you they, said they can't, can't do that. They I said they can't because of how they restructured him. Right. And you and, thought that was and and they did well. But I said can't because they because I said they could do it if they did. they couldn't do it and field a competitive team. Right. And and that's what we're seeing right now is that they they can't field a competitive team game in and game out because they have so much dead money on their cap because that's of right. Ryan Tannehill. And if they end up getting rid of Rashad Jones, it's going to be the same situation. So what they're doing to your point is and the reason why I hesitated on the question was Brian Flores I don't think has that kind of control over personnel I think Chris Greer is a big part of that so um, if you were saying the entire organization was focused on this one year which they were to a fault under Tannenbaum oh, well, and, and, and the, yes the moves would have been different and yeah. that's why I'm saying that the that the organization's incentives and right. Brian Flores's incentives are at odds which well, which is no, to me what no, no, makes no, no, it no. interesting I, well I for 2019 they are for, for for I guess game in and game out yes but I I think the I don't think there is a I think there's an understanding of where each st- each side stands right but but from a Brian Flores perspective if you told him they could give him better players you know if if he had sure. if he had his druthers when he's sitting in the in the room addressing a team and he's looking around and he thought man if oh, only yeah. I didn't and so if, if you're telling me it's not a salary cap league and they're able to go well sure he's but, buying into the now to his credit he's bought into the big picture which is ultimately he wants to compete for Super Bowl so he understands in the interim they have to fix a lot of what was you know like you said mistakes that were made for example was it 12 million dollars in dead money for Tannehill yeah tw- something like that and it's, like it's another brutal another bit for so they have all this de- so he's got to deal with that but he's got to not use as as an excuse and he's got to try to win football games with probably Ryan Fitzpatrick go get him yeah i think i think you separate the two and and i think he came in with the understanding that yes when he is coaching and when he is structuring uh, the part of the roster that he can control as far as cuts things along those lines then then yes he, he's going to be doing what he can to try to win every single football game I, I think that part of the job security part of this is Stephen Ross understanding that they're going to have to take a step back because the cap was so mismanaged by Mike Tannenbaum and, and Adam Gates because they kept kicking the can down the road. And no matter how many times people tell me that the salary cap is a myth, it is not true. You will ultimately have to pay for it unless you're keeping a player on your roster that you are extending over and over again in perpetuity. Unless you're planning that Ryan Tannehill is going to be your quarterback in the year 27-18, you are going to at some point pay for the dead money. And they just chose to do it this year and, and reset for next year, which is great. But they did ultimately have to pay the price. Uh, real quick, because we haven't gotten to it yet. Our sponsor, Vera Motors. When you want to spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. And I promise you, there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service it is. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC. 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium. Pembroke Pines. So, uh, real quick, let's get to some of the 
other storylines that, that we've noticed out there. I love that Albert Wilson is back, um, even if it's kind of on a maintenance plan. The guy that continues to stand out to me, and I'm really curious to see if this continues into to preseason games, Preston Williams. He, uh, physically, you notice him immediately when you're out there. Um, I remember Ryan Fitzpatrick making a comment minicamp about the consistency needs to come. It feels like that's getting better. You, the, the thing you want to look for out there is guys who make flash plays, and Preston Williams is one of those guys. And uh, you know, undrafted rookie, I think the hope is that the more he's out there, the more his his consistency becomes less of an issue. And when you've got a team like this, Dookie, you, you want to put the guys like that, those are the perfect players for a rebuild. Guys who are really, really talented, show a lot of ability, get them some reps, get them reps in preseason games, get them on the roster, give them a chance to go out there and, and, and find a way to make something happen. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I mean, my... I, I, this like, is where you not being out there does not help me. Here. Yes, so no, like, I'm 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 gonna go right ahead and take your word for <laughs> right. it. I'm sure so he's, here's another one. Um, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> listen. Here's what I'm gonna say about Mister Mister July. I'm excited for him, and I think that's great. And I think they, sh- the one thing I could say, and literally, I'm gonna take your word for it. And mm-hmm. and if he turns out to be the next Victor Cruz, then then you called it. Uh, six foot four, so he's got good size, uh, and I think that with the with a new coaching staff, they don't care where you came from. Yep. I, so I think that's that's the positive. If you tell me this is the playmaker, I will I will take. But now out, you're putting words in my mouth. I'm I will say I will take out my roster, and the next time I go out to Dolphins camp, I'm going to look for him. And if I get an email in two weeks that the Dolphins have made some roster cuts and his name is on it, I will go back to my roster and go, "Wasn't that the guy Clay told me about?" There so I'm going to I'm going to mark him down as the guy Clay told me about. <sighs> Undrafted right. free agent, Colorado so, State. So I'll, I'll talk about something that you can relate to then. No, um, I, I I literally will take your word for it. There are no Duke players on the roster, so we'll go to a couple guys that you do know. Um, <laughs> I find it interesting that we're seeing a lot of Kalen Bellage, yeah. especially with the okay, first Okay, that team. I can talk about. And I, 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 found it, I found it curious that Brian Flores, who gives us nothing, on uh, by design and he he will joke with you about it but he makes it clear i'm not going to tell you anything more than i have to and that's fine uh but he said on saturday after day three uh yeah sometimes we do put guys with starters to try to motivate somebody else and i i don't know that he was talking about Kenyon drake and i'm not going to make that assumption i think he was more saying that just to kind of put out there that don't 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 like just assume because you see somebody running with the ones that it's because that guy is going to be starting in week one, which I think we all understand. But I also think, Dookie, Ryan Fitzpatrick raved about Kalen Balaj. We already know what a, a, a physical specimen he is and how athletic he is for somebody his size. He raved about him as a person, as a his work ethic, and, and the other things that you need to do when you are, are physically gifted in order to be a great football player, those were the things that Ryan Fitzpatrick was raving about, which I found really interesting. And then all of a sudden it starts, and he's the guy running with the ones. And I don't know that that's saying anything about Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake is going to have a very important role on this team. I find it interesting that Kalen Balaj, who we always knew had the physical ability, and who remember Jason Leacher came in here last year and was telling us about how how difficult it was for him early on with the other stuff in camp, talking about blitz pickups, playbooks, stuff like that. That seems to have clicked. 
And the thing that I love is he keeps talking about his relationship with Frank Gore and how Frank Gore still has such a presence on the even in Buffalo, such a presence with the guys who are left here. And whatever Frank Gore brought here for the one season he was here, that could last for years and years if Kalen Balage continues to put into practice the work ethic and the routines that Frank Gore taught him. So Kenyon Drake is responsible for the most famous play in Dolphins history in the last, what, 20, 25 years? Since maybe, what, the helicopter catch by Nat Moore? Okay. Well, I think he's going to be a guy who for his whole career perpetual, perpetually will be like, every time he gets the ball, why doesn't that guy get the ball more? Like, um, it, does, it doesn't matter. Like, can you, if I'm Kenyon Drake, oh, okay, so all the Caleb Balazs talk and everything you said is reasonable and, the, and Frank, Frank Orr, Hall of Fame person, Hall of Fame work ethic – Definitely could set a culture. I buy that. Um, but man, Kenyon Drake, like at some point you'd have to think, okay, like this is, let's see what Kenyon Drake is as the primary back. He's, he does so many things well. Yeah. So many good things happen when Kenyon Drake gets the football. And yet every coaching staff that comes in wants to talk about the other guy and it just sort of makes you go like i don't know i i feel like after after a while if 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 Balazs does become the primary back and they sort of use drake sparingly and strategically after a while Kenyon drake's not going to suffer this much longer because he's he's got to think to himself like how how many explosive plays do i need to make before they realize i'm a, i'm a home run waiting to happen well and if that's the case somebody will pay him and and I don't see it happening here. If if everything you're saying is he just, what he just feels a little happening. he just feels it feels a little overlooked. The, and I feel like it's like some if if Brian Flores and his staff don't love Kenyon Drake and Adam Gase and his staff don't love Kenyon Drake, but Kenyon Drake keeps making big impact plays, and I feel like he's had enough of them over time. Okay, then then I think I think it might be time for him to peace out and go somewhere where he can get a legit shot. Yeah, and, and I'm not even saying that it's that necessarily. I think it's almost more that Kalen Balaj is someone who when they drafted him, it was like, Oh man, that's that stand next to that man. That man is a football player. That is a grown man football player. And man, that's such a silly cliche that of course he's a football player. He wears a uniform and a helmet, and he plays football for a living. But when you stand next to him, it's a, it's a physical presence, right? And what Brian Flores said when he came in here, and I'm a big believer in, tell me something and then show me something. And when those two things back up one another, it means something to me. And Brian Flores came in and said, we're going to run the football. We're going to run the football down your, fo- down your throat. We're going to run the football hard in between the tackles. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get a fullback to prove that. And he did. They brought in Chandler Cox. So all that to say, when you've got Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj, I think you could have very uh, defined roles there where Balaj could be your quote-unquote every down back, you know, historically speaking, the first and second down guy that pounds it into the line. But we've seen a lot of Balaj and Kenyon Drake out there at the same time, which tells me that they are trying to do what they can to utilize the skill sets of the two players. And so I, I think maybe Balazs is that guy that when Brian Flores tells you they want to wear down a team and, and they want to run over your defensive line and they want to make your linebackers hurt and make your safeties run for cover, Balazs is the guy that's going to do that. 
after you're you're running backwards and you're you're going the other direction, then maybe Kenyon Drake's the home run hitter. Yeah, and, and so I, maybe there's a, a complimentary <clears throat> role there, thunder and lightning sort of thing. Yeah, they, they, we've seen a lot of a lot of those and that, sort and, of duos, and that can succeed. And, yeah. and and by the way, that would extend Kenyon Drake's career if that's the direction they ended up going. I think the bigger story out of all of this is. If they end up having someone like that in Kalen Balazs, that could be really interesting for this team. And again, we're talking about and and dare I bring up Preston Williams again because I got blown off of this podcast. Five I minutes said, ago for bringing it up. What, what did I say? I said yeah, I, just, I said I believe you. You said, oh, I don't know Preston Williams. You were looking him up on your phone because you never heard of the guy before. That, that might be the case. I may have been. Oh, well, who knows what I'm doing on my phone? <laughs> Are you saying I typed into Google Preston Williams? You may have. And I may found have looked one, over. And, then, and then found one fact about him. I'm not. I'm, I, when I looked over, it actually looked whatever it is that you found looked like uh, one of your iOS, uh, the the iOS profiles of somebody in your contacts. Uh-huh. Looks like an iOS. Co- so I thought, what? Did you have Preston Williams' phone number in your phone? Yeah. Come to find out, you don't even know. No, who there he was is. a look of shock and horror. I'm like, please keep talking. Tell so me I who can this Google this guy. Yeah. Stretch, stretch. <laughs> exactly. I was giving you the. Uh, I was giving you the stretch. But uh, no, those are the types <laughs> of guys. Guys that are coming in on rookie contracts right now for a team that is trying to reset. You want to figure out which of those guys under your rookie contracts, and you're hoping that it's a lot of them, are going to have really important roles on this team moving forward because once you start to build a base with those guys, then you can start to look at free agents, figure out, all right, where, where did we not hit on these draft picks? And then you kind of fill the gaps with free agency, whereas I thought the previous regimes did too much of the opposite. And it's because they never were truly aligned. Everybody had, you know, to your point, where new coach comes in and he's got a couple of years so maybe the urgency to win now isn't isn't quite there but the GM's been there for 3 years and he knows if they don't win right now then they're in trouble and we got and then the reverse happens so I feel like you finally got organizational alignment, and because of that, you're going to need guys on rookie contracts, guys like Balage, guys like Preston Williams. Um, and, and here, you're you're gonna. This is what you do, by the way. You are going to if he doesn't end up going out there and catching five balls for eighty plus yards in week one. You know, oh, where's Preston Williams? He had three catches. He didn't even is that how I talk? That's pretty much how you talk when okay. it comes down to these things. Um, so anyway, no, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not just putting. I'm just is. putting. Listen, you are the founding father. Okay, I'll give you an example of, for, of uh, having to do with nothing. Early in the year, early in the year, before anybody was talking about him, and this has nothing to do with football. I told you, Gio Urshela and the Yankees. I you told, did. I told you. you did. I told you that guy was good. You did. I told you that guy was going to play, and I told you, you when all the changes came, that guy was sticking around. You did. So I, I put myself out there. If Gio was bad, and if he got sent back, you would have been mocking me and i would have deserved it so if you're gonna call preston williams then i'm gonna write it down and i'm gonna take your word for it i'm i'm, I'm really, you're staking I'm, your entire I'm reputation right on now. it i'm torn right now because do i bring up the college basketball takes that you had early in the season that did not come to fruition oh, we're not gonna go there okay all right oh <sighs> man i hit a, I hit a chord right there that's right zion's in new orleans now and they're going to be great. Our sponsor oh, what, today, we're Vera be Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car to go to a place of reputation, I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service it is. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. All right, we did a lot of Dolphins talk. 
let's let's do Kane's talk next week because I think we're getting a little bit closer. And by that point, I think we'll have enough to kind of make some uh, some evaluations based on what we're seeing out there. I love what Manny Diaz is doing. Uh, let's just put that out there right now. I love bringing the fans out there. I love that he was perfectly willing to call out his team for being mentally weak and giving examples of it and showing why, even in the first day of practice, he saw things that need to improve as far as that goes. I So want to see how the next week goes and, and what the quarterback situation is looking like. But So Preston, would you say he's going to be – okay, Preston Williams. I would all, say – All pro? I would Hall say – Hall of Famer, pro bowler, I would legend. say if, if Calvin Johnson – Okay, now you're talking. Calvin Johnson, Jerry Rice, okay. and, and Larry Fitzgerald combined their DNA – Yep. It would create Preston Williams. See, now that is a training camp take <laughs> that I can get with. Such a jerk. I don't even care if it's right. I'm out. Talk to you next week. <laughs>